Hey, um, everyone. So last week we tried to wait. Are we going to put this into last week's episode or? Oh, wait. Yeah, you're right. So, okay. This is complicated. You guys, Peyton and I are recording this small segment that you're listening to a week later because we made a big mistake when we actually recorded this episode, which is that we wanted to share with you our Instagram handle, but um, we did it wrong. So are you going to leave that part in the episode, Peyton? Yeah. So I'm going to put this part at the beginning of the episode because I want people to get this info just in case they don't finish the episode. So basically, if you continue to listen, we are going to give you our Instagram handle, but we give the wrong ha- handle. Yeah. So our Instagram is look us up on Spotify. Oh. With underscores between every word. Okay. And we accidentally say it's follow us on Spotify. Yeah. So that is wrong. The correct handle is look us up on Spotify with underscores. You're still going to hear us talk about it because I think it's funny, but. And then an underscore at the end. Let's confirm. Peyton, why don't you look? It's okay. So as you know, it's going to be the at symbol. Look underscore us underscore up underscore on underscore Spotify underscore underscore. So that's going to be that if you want to follow it. We just like post, you know memes um pictures different christian stuff just random shit but but more importantly you can contact us that way if you have anything to say or if you don't have our numbers dm the account and we will um i will respond yeah we get we get some interesting dms anyways okay so now the episode that we actually recorded last week is gonna start love you guys Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back, Peyton. Welcome back, Courtney. It's really good to see you. Um, so I'm really actually you. excited to record Second Wait, Kings. Your little thing, just I guess because you touched it. It's oh, fine. I touched it. Um, all I said was I'm really excited to record Second Kings today. I was just looking over my little notes. But first, I wanted to tell you, well, I think we should just check in with our listeners. I mean, I think um, this weekend, I had the pleasure of talking to some people that are fans of the pod. I personally want to shout out Andrea, my friend, Andrea, my friend, Zach's girlfriend, Andrea, who is now my friend. She listens to this podcast. She's one of the ones I think who keeps up with it. And she's like, Zach told me, she's like, Ruth dropped today. Like you need to get on top of it. And I just thought that that was really special. That is special. I um... have a fan that you want to shout out. Well, my parents listen. So if. Okay. Major shout out out to to the Baronians. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Baronian. Um, I want to second that. Hi, guys. It's cool to know that people are listening because sometimes I feel like no one is. It's a weird format in that way where like you don't really get a lot of feedback. Yeah, we're not getting a lot of feedback. Um, <laughs> well, I think we're getting a lot of feedback, but there's no way to really take the there's no really way to take a pulse or anything. Like, I feel like we, we do have an Instagram, you guys, if you didn't know, um, oh, yeah. we don't, we don't have a Twitter, but we do have an Instagram. It's kind of hard to explain. How, so it's just at follow underscore us underscore on underscore Spotify underscore underscore again. So Peyton kind of got drunk and made that our Instagram handle and I, we like it, but it's so it's follow us on Spotify. Is our with is underscores our handle, between each Yeah, I got, I think I was drunk or maybe stoned. Yes, I too drag. Um, <laughs> That's uh, awful. And I thought I was making a bio, and I, it was actually the handle. The handle, and then I did it, and I was like, oh shit! And then I tried to undo it, and it wouldn't let me. And then I've tried countless times, and it won't let me change it. So at this I like point, it. I think it's just kind of funny. Um, I think follow us on Spotify is good. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, it's I'm surprised it wasn't taken, but yeah, follow our Instagram if you want. And I could post more. If I got more followers, well, I would post more. I would just I'll say that that is a way that we could get feedback. If That's you have true. feedback, you could DM us. Oh, yeah. Um, Actually, this guy has just been sending pictures of himself <laughs> to our Instagram. <laughs> Do you know him? No. Are they like sexual or? Oh, no, no, no. It's like, just like, well, he sent a song that I'm assuming is like his song. And then he occasionally will just send like a picture of himself. Did you listen to the song? Why did you not tell me this? I don't know. I can't believe I did it, but I need to listen to the song. You need to, you didn't even listen to the song? No, I I would be, I actually wouldn't because I would be scared. It would be like a virus. Yeah, I think like, or like some like Russian bot, you know what I mean? But I think it's a Mm -hmm. real guy um, who wants fans as we do. So, yeah. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> just like we're just the same um I have a lot of energy right now and you're talking about his song reminded me I have had this Christian song stuck in my head all week what is it but I don't really know it so like it's it's just that one it's like amazing love do you know that song? it's like amazing no. love it literally goes it literally goes amazing love how can it be and then I don't know what else it says but it's like amazing love how can it be and I think it's something like god my king sent his son to me or like Oh. you my king are for is it like a hymn no it's like a it's like a kind of modern i think like the real kind of like um infomercial selling christian music you remember that infomercial that would have like the different songs like alpha omega but then it changes really quickly yes, so you yes, get yes, like yes, a, yes, yes, yes. it would like scroll yeah it, yeah the words would scroll and so this was one was like amazing love and it's called amazing love but i don't um, you don't, don't know that song? I don't know that song, but okay, I like well. your head. Um, I have a decent amount of energy too right now. Better than Yeah, we week. should link Amazing Love to the Instagram. I'm just ready. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to professionalize. Um, Let's yeah, link Amazing Love. Find, and if you also, can find it, send it to me. I will. And also listeners, some amazing Christian related news is that you, oh which God. you will also find on Instagram is recently, it's tragic, but a Christian diet guru who was married to an actor who played Tarzan on television actually died in a plane crash, which is not funny. No, it's not funny. But her, but she is amazing. And her death brought her existence to my attention. And she's going to be on our Instagram. Yeah. So if you want to see what all the hype is, incredible. go on the Instagram because it's honestly really worth it. And I've been talking about her and uh, searching images of her this entire day she's amazing we're, we're considering trying her diet tips she's a christian diet guru and she is really skinny she also has a really amazing huge haircut that um yes makes her whole body look tiny so like i think her christian diet tip is actually just more really about getting really big hair and yeah her, her tips are probably bad i think we really want to we just want to try them just kind of for the experience the only thing i know so far is that she drinks diet sprite which like that's There's not, a photo of her and her Tarzan husband, which is what we're referencing, where she and him appear to be sharing one can of Diet Sprite and by pouring it into two little kind of plastic cocktail glasses. Anyway, that, that's well, just some stuff I wanted to talk about, but we should probably also talk about Second Kings, Kings the book so, we're going to be reading today. I guess quickly, what were your initial reactions to second Kings. um i actually really liked second kings more than i thought i was going to i was really going into it with like a fuck this attitude because i feel like i feel like first kings even though there was some interesting stuff i was it wasn't my thing it wasn't like it wasn't doing it for me well i remember last week i said something like second king or first kings was fine but it was kind of flat and i was wishing for like more psycho shit or it to be like worse or better you know I was like yeah. it was like hovering too much in the middle and I feel like second kings there's a little bit more going on in terms of like the writing the structure it it's like a more confusing yeah. sort of experience which at some points frustrated me but as a whole I was like oh okay this is actually kind of what I do like I'm realizing is yeah. a crazier experience I I agree level that's how I felt I was like it's the things are getting more unhinged in second kings like god is back god is doing stuff but also the people are acting crazier and doing yeah. crazier stuff and I think the thing that is it's like it's like a weave it's the same thing that was happening in first kings because they're still trying to narrate this to us in this really useless way which is by constantly reminding us like it's like a triangle it's like so there's a king of israel a king of judah and a king of uh what oh now there's like tons okay well that oh, no they no they this keep, is a this is a who's question the third I one they're tracking well there's babylon but there's also and egypt syria right yeah syria so second kings is even more confusing because there are yeah. more kings and i think the trick with second kings is to read it like you kind of have to you can't fully ignore that but it feels like it's like a braid almost like it's like they keep trying to like braid in these names and being like, oh, and this is what was going, this is how long this person ruled when this person was king and this person was king too. And it's, you kind of just like, I'm just kind of like, I'm here for Elijah actually. It's like a French braid where like each time you're adding a little more hair. Yeah. 
Wow, it actually is. That's cool. Second Kings but, is a French braid. But then the, as the braid gets towards the end, you stop adding hair and it's because you're realizing that there are like the key players and those are the ones yeah. that are most important and that's your nature. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So you leave a whole bunch of extra hair out <laughs> and it's just kind of sticking out all over. Like a crazy fucked up French braid. Yeah. That's cool. I like um, that. So um, the, the book, I really like how it starts. Mm-hmm. Um, basically the, it starts with this King Ahaziah. I'm saying, I was saying Ahaz, Ahaziah. Ahaziah. Um, and he falls through the lattice of his upper chamber and gets really hurt. He does. And then, um, he sends people to see if he's going to recover. He sends people to Elijah yeah. and the angel of God goes to Elijah and told him to tell him, no, he won't be recovering, <laughs> which I just love. Like, no, he will not be recovering from this sorry just like instantly shut down yeah like just tell him I also love this other moment at at the beginning when so he goes to tell him this Elijah's like goes to wherever Ahaziah is and the people he tells like people around I guess he doesn't tell Ahaziah directly because Ahaziah is like some they're like the man of God said you aren't going to recover and I Ahaziah's like who was it and he's like and they're like it's a hairy man with a leather girdle and he's like oh that's Elijah (laughs) you know what i I mean like that's that's like elijah's he's like wait who and they're like his hairy leather girdle and he's like oh yeah yeah, yeah, that's elijah which i just Um, think is so funny but then um it says it says so elijah is or like the reason that ahaziah won't recover is one that he's hurt from falling through his lattice but Mm -hmm. also because he has been consulting a false god so like he like his punishment I guess is that he just won't get better okay and then I wrote something that I don't I'm confused by and I don't remember um something about uh captains people people getting sent to get him and then God sends fireballs yeah so there's this story of the three groups of captains so Ahaziah's people are like pissed off and he's they're like that he sends 50 captains to try to come attack Elijah and they're like we're gonna get you and Elijah's like Lord, please help me and swallow them up in fire. And so the Lord swallows them up. And then Ahaziah sends another group of 50 captains. The same thing happens. Elijah's like, the Lord, help me swallow them up. And then swallows them up in fire. And then the third time the captains come and they're like, wait, 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 wait. Like we know what's going to happen. And we think you're right. And then Elijah's like, great. And then God is like, don't, don't hurt them or whatever. That's so funny. I know. It's like, they learned. Does he die? And then Azahiah, oh my God. I guess he just- He dies. I I guess he just dies. I'm not sure what happens, but he doesn't really make any waves after this because in chapter two, this is something that is very special. Did you know about this before? Okay, it's the, I actually did, but I only knew about it for like two weeks. And I'll tell you how I learned about this. So basically chapter two is about Elijah- who is one of the only people in the Bible who doesn't ever have to die. He just gets yes. taken to heaven. Yes. And um, it's like a reward for being, I don't know, so good or something. Prophet. He gets, yeah. And he's like, he's with, a, and the other thing that's so funny to me is like, Elijah's always with Elisha. We always said Elisha, which Elisha. is crazy okay. because it's Elijah and Elisha. It sounds exactly the same. When I read it in my head, I read it like Alicia Silverstone. Wait, that's, but, I wish that's what it was. But, but okay, Elisha. Uh-huh. So Elijah and Elisha. So Elisha, the whole time Elijah's doing anything, Elisha is also there. And yeah. to me, Elisha is like, reminds me of like a little brother or sister who's like obsessed with you and like yeah. follows you around and like just wants to be exactly like you. And so Elisha's there and Elisha's like, you know, Elijah's like, I'm going to be swooped up into heaven in a whirlwind in a chariot. Did you know that? Like, I, I'm going to go to heaven now. And he says, yeah, I know it, which I just loved. Like the quote was, yeah, I know it. Y-E-A. Those are like how, oh, I guess because he's a prophet, that's how he would know. Yeah. Elisha is also, Elisha. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, you can prophet. say whatever you want. Elisha. So anyway, then Elijah's like, before I go, Elisha, what, what do you want? I can grant you like one, like, what do you want of my things? And he asks for a double portion of thy spirit. And so- Elijah gives Elisha a double portion of his spirit, which makes Elisha, I think it means like, I want to be a prophet like you. Like I want to be as good of a prophet as you, because after Elijah gives him whatever a double portion of your spirit is, 
Alicia is a great prophet. I think that's confusing. Whatever. Not confusing to me. <laughs> but how do you give someone a double portion of your, is it like imparting? They're man of God. They're prophets. Like, okay. I don't know how, anyway. like if I'm a prophet, like it could be just as easy as me pouring my water into your water bottle. You know, it's like transfer of spirit. I think yeah. I could transfer some of my spirit to you just by right now. I could do it. I'm doing it. Oh my God, you are. <laughs> do you think you're getting it? Kind of. That's like, how it works. Um, I think you're getting it. So anyway, the chariot comes, takes him away, but I'll tell you, can I tell you first? And then you tell me, cause I'm sure Elijah was like a big deal to Christians, right? Yes. Like you're the person who didn't have to die. You just go to heaven. Yes. So the way I heard about it actually was, and I do not know what the television show was. And I don't even really know where I was. I was somewhere where there was a TV on and it was, it must've been on cable. Cause no one like picked to watch this. I don't know where I was. And the guy who played Zach Morris was on some sort of TV show. I don't know what the TV show was. And he was sitting at a like dining table with his family. There were three children and a wife sitting across from him. They were talking about Elijah and they were like, God is good because Elijah was the only man in the Bible who doesn't die. He just gets to go straight to heaven. Like that is proof that God is really good. And like the world is fair. Like he was so good that he got to go to heaven. And the mom is like, that's right. And then Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell is like, oh yeah. Well, did you, did you ever hear about Elisha and the bears? And then he tells the story that's coming next, coming soon about Elisha and the bears. And it's like a sitcom. It was like a sitcom. What and the then- fuck? And yeah, I learned about it recently. And then when I was coming across it in this book, I was like, remembered that. But I don't remember where I was. I just remember being like, what is this? And I like watched the whole scene. And then I didn't watch anything. Maybe I was on an airplane. I don't know. That's really strange to me. I mean, in, in some ways it makes sense because a lot like this story or this part of Elijah's story is so uh, iconic, I guess. But I mean, it's huge to um, be sucked up into heaven well yeah but it seems crazy that it's like on a tv show like that the way i looked at it as a younger person was like we were meant to strive to be as good as elijah because it was like oh there isn't this option that maybe you'll just be like painlessly taken away to heaven or something yeah because you're so good i don't know that's how i always looked at it and i was like oh that sounds nice like I, maybe i won't have to die i'll just be like swept up in a ch fiery chariot but i don't know if i really believed that or if I just whatever that's what I that's how I looked at it um, I think if I really believed that as a child I would be so damaged permanently by that because I would be trying constantly to like be perfect oh I mean I was like I for a long time in bed at night would try and remember all of my sins of the day and like oh pray God. for each individual sin and then eventually like someone told me they're like you don't have to do that you don't have to remember <laughs> all of them but I thought I had to like keep catalog that. my sins and oh ask my for forgiveness for each one yeah it's crazy it's torture but I think I'm okay now I think you're okay um okay but I those the bear thing is so funny and crazy it's hilarious so some kids are making there, fun there are 42 kids oh yeah 42 <laughs> kids are That's making fun so of by calling him bald head yeah have you ever seen there's this <laughs> tiktok or vine or some shit and there's this little kid who's talking about how at school he's made fun of and they call him bald headed <laughs> no. that was the first thing i thought of when I read this, but anyways, they call him. Wait, bald is that head. not a regular word like bald headed? Cause I used to hear people call people bald headed all the time. My I sister, really we used that. to call my sister bald headed because she was bald. <laughs> I, I would just say because bald. She, I wouldn't say oh, headed. Yeah. I think that maybe it's like, I mean, I don't know if it's like it's a Southern, southern thing, but I know it's I think um, my kid, family thing. I think the video I'm talking about is they are Southern. So maybe. It oh is. yeah. I would say bald, but you know, I've grown up away from there in the past couple of years, but bald headed is a very familiar phrase to me. So yeah, these kids, 42 of them, which like, that's a fucking lot of bullying children yeah. are like bald head, bald head, bald head. And so Elisha, the newly like amazing prophet that's so powerful, basically sends two bears and the bears eat all the kids. Yes. The bears eat 42 children. He like bewitches all because they were calling him bald. It's like, man, you just, it's also like, that's your first thing you do after you became the best prophet. It's also like, walk away. If you're yeah. that mad about being bald, <laughs> like, just walk away there. Walk kids. away, get a hat. 
I, I um, have to say this is maybe it just because it's more fresh, but this feels like one of the kind of crazier things that's happening in the Bible because that we've read. And I think mostly because it's, or not mostly, but in a big way, because it's children that are being massacred, but yeah, it's like completely unjust. Well, and it, it's completely unjust and it has nothing to do with God. Or like, anything else going forward. No, it's or absolutely personal. Like it's, and it's, and it, and it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't have consequences in either direction. It's just like, oh, by the way, one time this happened with Elisha too. Just so And you know. we also didn't know Elisha was bald before this. Like it hasn't, no. it hasn't been a thing that he's bald and insecure. Mm-hmm. We didn't even know. And then all of a sudden in like the span of one verse, we find out he's bald, so embarrassed by it. And then embarrassed, embarrassed enough to kill kids via she bears. He like bewitches the she bears. Anyways, yeah. that shit was crazy. That was cool. And then it was boring because it was like, and now Israel and Judah are going to get back together and to battle Moab in chapter three. It's like, I do not care what they do. I want to know about who's eating who bears and all that. They're out there. They're in the wilderness. They're like, Elisha, we need water. There's no water. And he's like, build ditches and there will be water. And then he like makes water. The water comes into these ditches and the king of Moab makes a burnt offering of his own son. And then we just kind of move on after that. It doesn't really solve anything. Well, Um, and in chapter four, I wrote like, this is sort of the beginning of several miracles that Elisha is performing or uh, facilitating. The first one, he tells this woman that she will get pregnant and she's like no I won't I like can't get pregnant and then she does and then she has a son and then her son dies and then the woman goes back to Elisha and is like you said I was gonna have a son but he died and Elisha is like watch me and he does this thing that sounds so like creepy and gross but whatever I guess back then maybe it wasn't he lays on top of the boy and it says he lays mouth to mouth and hand to hand and then- <laughs> <laughs> sorry I just wanted to Payne's <laughs> laughing because um Courtney I just, just kind of got in the, I got in the pose because I just wanted to feel what it would be like and feel if it was like is this okay but it feels like, it feels weird it feels weird I mean but I I'm trying like- to think if I had the power of like God and I was like I'm going to revive you like you know I don't know if like laying, I imagine like him putting his full body weight onto like a little baby. Yeah, right? I don't know how young the kid was. That's true. It could have been like a teen. But then the kid sneezes seven times and then comes back to life. So that's the first miracle. That's the first miracle. And it makes me wonder if sneezing being a bless you moment comes from this story. Oh my God. I don't think the probably not. I don't think bless you does because that's something about like demons or something like that. But I was definitely caught off guard by a sneeze being mentioned at all. Yeah, uh, me too. And then it's I was seven. like, does sneezing have something to do with life and death that we don't understand? I think so. I, that's what I wrote. I said I wrote sneezes are sacred in my notes, <laughs> but like that's kind of what it's indicating. Like it's indicating that sneezes are in some way sacred because it's like special that he did set and he did seven sneezes. Seven is kind of like a special number. Well, it's Um, interesting too. I mean, sneezes are like the closest besides orgasms. Aren't they like a fraction of an orgasm or something? Isn't that true? I mean, like, I think that's something you hear, but I don't oh. know. But they, like, feel really good. I don't know. Maybe. They do. Feel, I, w- feel when great. I was thinking about them being sort of spiritual or, like, linked to something, uh-huh. like, higher, it makes a little sense to me. You know? Yeah, I think so. They're mysterious and they feel good. Do you okay. think anyone, like, sexualizes sneezing? It seems like it would make sense since you hear that so often. Um, anyway, after he sneezes seven times, he comes back to life and then people go get wild vines and gourds and they make a potage. I love when they make a potage in the Bible, but this time they make a potage and people are like, ew, stinky. Like they don't want to eat it. And they're like, and they go like, there's death in the pot. And it made me wonder if Elisha took the death from the child and it ended up like in the plants that were growing. Oh, maybe, ew. Cause it just seemed random. They were like, there's death in the pot. And they like threw it out and no one ate it. Or if it was something which is rotten, like it could have just been a translation thing that something was rotten. I also wanted to ask the woman who he gives that baby to or whatever, who he like helps have a baby. She is described as a great woman. What do you think that means? Like I'm imagining like a big giant tall woman. 
Because my like, first instinct was like a woman who had some type of power. Uh huh. Oh, like a rich woman. Yeah, or like maybe a woman who was married, or like her husband was someone important, like politically or I don't know. Yeah. Royal. Okay. But I don't know. That That's a good question. I was imagining just size, like large. I mean, that's way cooler. I love that she's like huge. I would love it if she was just like a huge woman who had this baby that like got revived by Elisha in this crazy way. Anyway, and then chapter five, we have to say goodbye to that great woman. And because in chapter five, there's like a new story. There's this guy named Naman. He's from Syria and he is a leper and a captain, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I didn't know I that lepers like, could hmm. like do stuff. And his maid, his wife has a little maid, which is what it says that she's a little maid. And she tells him there's a prophet who can help him, which and she's talking about Elisha. And the king of Israel is mad or Judah. I don't know. Sorry. But the king of that's yeah. uh, Elisha hey, on the side king, of, one of the kings. is mad. Yeah. It, and it's one of the like Israelite kings, but he's mad about this is like oh we, i'm not gonna let you cure a syrian like no way and elisha's like no it's fine he can come here and i'll show him we're the people with like a real prophet who can do miracles so the guy naman comes and elisha says he sends somebody to go tell him wash in the jordan seven times and you'll come back clean and he's like a messenger goes and tells him and then this guy naman is so pissed that he didn't come out that he didn't get to see elisha and so he leaves in a rage and i just thought it was great to like imagine somebody leaving in a rage I thought he was mad because he didn't want to swim. I thought, okay, no. in my note, it says he's mad because he wanted Elisha to just wave his hand and make it go away. I think I read a different thing, whatever. Maybe we read it differently. I mean, that makes sense. But in my interpretation, he's mad because Elisha didn't come out. Like he communicated with him via a messenger. Oh, And this guy sense. had traveled all this way. And then it, he gives in though, anyway, he's like all pissy. And then finally he's like, whatever, I'll do it. And then- he goes into the river and he washes seven times and he comes out with baby skin, skin like skin, like a baby, like baby no feet. leprosy. He did baby feet. And then Elisha, it will take no payment for it. He just did that miracle for free. Okay. But then Elisha's like servant named Gahazi chases after him and like lies to Naman. And he's like, Hey, um, actually, you know what? We actually do need some, shekels or whatever and then he steals all these silver shekels from him and then goes back home and elisha goes where were you and gahazi says i was no with her <laughs> and i just loved it like it's like you are a liar like i was no with her and then elisha is like well you're lying you stole from him now you're going to get naman's leprosy and then of course gahazi becomes a leper as white as snow And that's why, that's another reason I was like, I think maybe one of Elisha's things is that he transfers, like he can transfer death somewhere else or he can transfer the leprosy leprosy from, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, not to like speak ahead, but in the new Testament, Jesus does that thing where he transfers the guy, some guys like demons possessing him into some pigs. So maybe there is something about you can't just make these things disappear. There, ha- there have to go. Oh my god! Yeah, that's it's really like spooky. It's like well, it's like the it thing. Follows. It's like energy can't. Go, it doesn't go away. It just transfers. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And also, if you think about that, Elisha asked. He had Elijah's power transferred to him. <gasps> wow. wow, that's a cool okay. thing. I like that. Okay, so then in chapter six, Elisha's people want to move, and they lose an axe head in the Jordan. Like it doesn't really go anywhere. Like well, somebody just. Does yeah, it? The, no, it doesn't. Wait, oh my god, I have a, I have a note. This is the first time I've done this. I have a note for chapter six that I didn't even finish the full chapter. <laughs> I, it just says dot dot dot. I didn't finish this chapter. I guess because I was just not going anywhere. That's the first time I've done that. I'm so sorry. Peyton. So yeah, they lose an axe in wow. the water. They're trying to build a meeting place for the prophets. Whatever. Sorry. I'm really sorry to Courtney and everyone. That's like really embarrassing. I can't believe it wrote it down. That is so rude, but I'm Um, glad you told me. Me too. So in chapter seven. Wait, there's um, something in chapter six that you missed that you actually might like, which is they're trying to describe like, there's like a food shortage or something. And they're trying to describe how expensive food was. And this is the verse it's 625, but it's like, and there was a great famine in Samaria and behold, they besieged it until an ass's head was sold for four score pieces of silver and the fourth part of a cab of doves dung for five pieces of silver. 
Like they use their metric. I know. Ew. Like, why are you selling that anyway? But their metric for how expensive food was, was a little piece of dove's dung cost X (laughs) amount of money. It's like, I'm sorry, that is bleak. And you don't need to put this in your book. What do you think they do with the dung? Do they eat it? I don't know. They must eat it. That's gross. Okay, so in seven... No, oh my God, you missed another fucking crazy thing. You actually missed a really intense chapter. I'm sorry. Oh my God, no, It's this is what you get. I know, this is my punishment. This is your punishment. I'm feeling like Elisha. I know. And doling out punishment, which is... Then the king of Israel is like riding a donkey or something. And this woman is like, help me, help me. This is when the food is so expensive and there's a famine. She's like, help me, help me, king of Israel. And he's like, how am I supposed to help you? And she's like, the food is so expensive. And he's like, I know, but like, I can't do anything. Like, what are you so upset about? And she said, okay, well, I made a deal with my neighbor because we didn't have any food. And I said, give us your son to eat today and we'll eat mine tomorrow. Okay. Like, so today we'll eat yours, but then tomorrow I promise we can eat mine her son and then she says in the first person so i boiled my son but today she and we ate him but today she refuses to boil her son so now we don't have anything to eat they ate their kids they ate their kids well they ate one of them ate their kid and the king is so angry and so upset and he's so mad at god because he's like look at what ruin that we're in like he's so upset every like the world is poisoned and there's all this evil happening and this is just like a horror story and then no i didn't say it's good but it's it's fucking intense and you know i know i'm now i'm really like this is my punishment it's your punishment like you didn't get to read about this woman she said in the first person the verse is so i boiled my son and then like blah blah blah, whatever so anyway yeah the king is like super upset and he's like he wants to kill elisha because he's like you're not doing a good job so chapter seven so there's like a lot of like short kind of random sections about things that Elisha does. It's just a lot about like Elisha being great. But yeah. I do like that the stuff he does is weird. It's not like me too. Me boring. Too. I don't know. For chapter seven for me kind of blurred together. I don't know if there's anything that stuck out to you. Um, no, it, it blurred together a bit. Like the basically like they are able to get into this Syrian camp uh-huh. and they steal all that. There's no one there for some reason. I think that the Lord like they, they they really need more food and I think Elisha was like I'm praying I'm praying like okay there's actually going to be like if you go to the Syria to Syria the people will be gone they'll be like away for some reason and we can steal all their stuff and so then they go and steal all their stuff and like it's just like Elisha is right and he like the beginning of chapter eight there's I do like the woman whose son was saved by Elisha like returns I thought that was kind of cool like yeah yeah. Like a surprise return, like later on in the season. But then it's just like this kind of boring story yeah. about it's like leave the land for like you need to leave the land for seven years because a famine is coming. And like so she leaves and then she comes back and this good thing happens where they like give her all, back her land and money. And it's like, okay, like whatever, yeah. boring. But then there's something that happens that I did like Ben Haddad. <laughs> is a Syrian king and he is sick and he calls for Elisha to t- tell him if he will recover or not mm-hmm. similar to Azahiah and then Elisha speaks to Hazel Hazel yeah uh, Ben Hadad's servant and says he's not going to recover but tell him that he will <laughs> that's sweet kind is of it? um I think it's mm, I guess not no actually it's kind of like a, the dickishest thing you can do yeah and that but then Elisha's crying because he knows that wait sorry okay then Elisha's crying because he knows that Ben Haddad's servant Hazael is going to become king and do oh yeah shit to the Israelites yeah um, and then verse 12 this is like so gory but it says um that he's going to rip up their women with child Ugh. oh yeah i read that which is like, really gross. damn um, psycho and then hazael the, the servant goes back to ben haddad and tells him that he'll recover but then he kills ben haddad i don't know why i thought i liked this so much i think it's interesting it's like it's interesting i think it's really interesting i i thought it was in you know what's cool it's like elisha's talking to hazael and he's like he's not going to recover and you should tell him that he is and elisha also knows like but you're going to be the king and you're going to destroy my people and he doesn't like do anything in that moment like he's kind of like um he's kind of like risk at the mercy of fate you know like he's like oh it's kind of 
it's compelling to see somebody who seems to be able to predict the future, see something that's really bad is going to happen that won't benefit him. And like, you know what I mean? I think that's why that story is compelling. I think it would be good in a show. Yeah, no, me too. Me too. It's like, this is the way it's going to be. It's kind of like the whole thing of like, everything happens for a reason. Like that very Christian thing where it's like, him having to accept like, oh, you're going to smite Israel, but like, I'm not going to, I can't stand in the way of like what God is telling me is going to happen. Yeah. I mean, it's like in film or TV when there's that one kind of sage character that knows what's going to happen, but still kind of just like goes along with the story and like, you know, lets people sort of do their things and make their decisions because what else is he going to do? I guess. It's like, we can't, we don't know the bigger picture. You know, it's like, it's like a moment where you're like, well, this thing is kind of out of my hands, even though I might know what's going to happen. But but Um, I do wonder, like, I think I've asked this before, but just like, how much do the prophets know? You know, like how long-term is their vision? Yeah. Like, is it that so Raven or is it (laughs) like crystal ball? (laughs) Maybe it's a combination of the two. (laughs) Maybe, maybe they're all different. Okay. Chapter nine, I laughed out loud and like, I love when the Bible makes me laugh. Like being, having my nose in a Bible, reading it and then laughing is such an ecstatic experience to me because it's like, well, I'm laughing anyway. And that's always fun. But like the fact that the Bible made me laugh, is just like, it kills me. And so what have, what I lulled at was kind of out of nowhere, Elisha tells this, a child, a different prophet's child, he gives him a box of oil and he's like, go find Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat and take him to an inner chamber pour this oil over his head, say, you're going to be anointed king of Israel and then run away. (laughs) And so this child like goes into this place. There's all these people there. And he takes this person, Jihu aside. And he's like, come with me, go to a separate room, dumps a box of oil on his head, says, you're going to be anointed king of Israel, runs away. And then Jihu like has been dumped over with oil and walks back out. And all the people that were there are like, hey, like, is everything okay? Like, who was that? And like, he was like, I don't really know. They think, and they think he's just like a mad person. A crazy person. Yeah. Yeah. They think he's a crazy person. I think he's a mad fellow. Yeah. <laughs> but like, but then like Jihu eventually does become king. So yeah. the like weird oil prophecy is fulfilled. Oh, that's such a fun thing too. Like in movies and stuff when, or I feel like that even happens like in real life, like a sign that we're like, what the fuck? Like somebody like says some crazy thing to you and then they were right. Like, yes. Yeah. You're like, you're crazy. Like it reminds me of when I used to work at four street food co-op, like all the people that worked there were crazy conspiracy theorists and just like absolutely crazy old people. And this one guy who I was working with one day, I remember he was like, never would, we wouldn't really like talk that much. And he was like on the computer and he was like, do you have a boyfriend? And I was like, yeah. And I thought he was going to like flirt with me. And I also thought he was just like crazy. Like, cause he was kind of like a crazy conspiracy theorist. And he was like, and I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh, well, when it's this hot outside, the Kabbalah God actually is spinning the world on his dirty, the evil Kabbalah God is actually spinning the earth on his dirty fingernail tip. And like, it spins so, so, so fast when it's this hot that anything that's not really stable will fly off. So he's probably, you're probably going to break up. And I was like, okay. And like, I swear later that day, that guy I dated named Albert broke up with me. I remember this. And I was like, um, but like between until that happened, I was like, what a crazy psycho. And then it happened. And I was like, oh my God, that's it's just uh, like this story. That is scary. It's actually, it's cool. But now I'm realizing like if I got dumped oil on by some little kid and they said something you're gonna be anointed and then it came true I'd actually be like very scared (laughs) yeah like like... I think I would think it was cool for a bit and then like start questioning a lot of things and be very scared of the kid I don't I think we're different in that way yeah I I think I think I would like it and I wouldn't care like I wouldn't question it I would just go with it I think it might be because um well no well because it happened to me but also because you were raised oh true with religion and like I think that being I think that being raised with like a really strong religious influence like makes you a person who that something that can it's really hard to shake is this sense that everything must be connected like that there's kind of an over even if you like disregard whatever the religion was like the Christian 
model of like how, what is the world? What is connection? How does it work? I think even if you throw that away, you think there is going to be another totalizing system or something. And I definitely do, unfortunately. I think it's like, I I think it's, I really find this kind of across the board with people. Yeah. And like, I don't, I don't see any reason why that couldn't just be like kind of a one-off. You're a prophet. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because in my mind, like if that guy says that to you and it comes true, it it means like there's something like going on under like a much like larger thing going on under the surface or whatever, like in the air, like with this person and with whatever kind of like energy or force made this prediction happen. But yeah, it's like, it could have just been a one-time like freaky thing that's yeah cool. and I don't even mean like it's a coincidence like I think it could no no, no I know yeah yeah like you're magical you could be yeah. a prophet you knew this thing like but anyway um um love that story nothing really happens um, for to me that I was interested in for a while in like chapter the rest of chapter nine well I like okay I'm actually obsessed with Jezebel dying oh I like this too I thought okay. that was in a different so but you go ahead they like basically pre- some. I, th- I guess it's Elisha predicts that Jezebel will die at some point or something, and then in verse thirty, so Jehu, who is the new king, goes to Jezreel where Jezebel lives, and it says she painted her face and tired her head and looked out at a window. So like she hears that he's gonna come to Jezreel, and she does her hair and makeup and just yeah. looks out a window I which love that. is so cool I really think I like Jezebel a lot oh and then G this is well then it gets really fucked up and then Jihu says throw her down to like her servants or whoever's up there with her oh they're eunuchs they throw her out of her window to the ground and her blood splatters everywhere mm-hmm. and she gets trampled by horses mm-hmm. um and then something really crazy happens well I guess I don't know how crazy it is, but in verse 34, it says, and when he was come in and when he was come in, he did eat and drink and said, go see now this cursed woman and bury her for she is a king's daughter. And they went to bury her, but they found no more of her than the skull and the feet and the palms of her hands. Something about that to me is still very cool and powerful. Yes, like it, it's still Jezebel, like the final slay. I mean, it's really, you think you got her, which I guess you did because she's dead. But like what you go back and she's like, I'm not even here. Here's the palms of my hand. Like the palms of the hands. That's very powerful. It's the skull is magic. very powerful. And your feet, like it's magical. Then, but then it's like, well, yeah. Okay. So then it says in the portion of Jezreel shall dogs eat the flesh of Jezebel and the carcass of Je- Jezebel shall be as dung upon the face of the field in the portion of Jezreel so that they shall not say this is Jezebel. They really don't like her, but I think she's really cool. And I think think the whole story is really kind of amazing. I wonder how much of my addiction to Jezebel's story is just like the, like that Jezebel has been like thrown around, like the word Jezebel. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like, and I have associations with it from other things, but I am obsessed with her story. But I think part of that is kind of like the same with like, even like Noah or something where it's like Jezebel is a name from the Bible that I've heard. And like, even though I never knew her story, I did have like kind of a cloud of associations of like what that meant when people said that word. Well, for, for me, I hear Jezebel as a name in the Bible and I immediately have this like very specific visual in my head of like a really amazing looking woman with like long hair and lots of jewelry and like she's hot and cool. And so that's probably partially why I really like her is because I was just imagining her as this sexy, I'm sure she powerful, is. like freaky woman. I think that like most people in the Bible seem sexy. I think so um, too. Except honestly, I was thinking about this while I was reading Second Kings. I'm like so not attracted to Elisha. Oh, you know what? I'm not either. Like he's one of the first kind of like yeah, where I'm like you friend zone people. Yeah, like he <laughs> seems. Oh my god, this is mean, but. He seems like short and I actually like short guys, but he seems like short and kind of just like frumpy and like maybe he like doesn't, I don't know, shower a lot. I don't know, like I'm getting this from nowhere. Like I'm totally making this up, but just something about Elisha seems like not super hot and sexy to me. To me, it's not even like, cause I'm not, I'm I'm like, I don't really even actually know what I think Elisha looked like. I, to me, it's like his personality. It seems like it's like, you're kind of just like, you don't seem sexual. You no, seem like a no. maybe a friend, like a nice person that like is kind of strange. Like maybe you uh you have an interesting 
talent or something that I admire, but we yeah, aren't really that ever... I, like was just thinking about his physical. No, I don't like, I okay. think about their physical bodies of, I mean, we know Elisha had, was bald headed. Oh, that's true. Oh God. Maybe that's partially why. I... It could be why he's yeah. giving me a little like Elmer Fudd vibes. Yes, exactly. That's exactly yeah. what I think. He oh, like. you know what it is? It's because of the fucking bears. We're seeing Elmer Fudd because of yeah. that verse. That's like the bald bear. He's in the woods. Yeah. He's bald and he's like sensitive about it. And oh there's bears. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. why we're just yeah. seeing Elmer Fudd. So um, yeah, yeah, friend zone for him. Um, okay. Chapter 10, Jihoo sends letters around. He's like, everyone get ready to, or he's like, get ready to fight me. And the sons of Ahab, whoever they are, this is so boring. Like, I don't care about any of this, no. but Jihoo is killing everyone. And I don't know what's happening. Like, oh, this, I'm like writing in my notes. I was like, is this because of God or did he swap or did he snap? I can't tell. Like he starts killing all these people and it's really like hard to tell if it's because of God or if he just went on a killing spree of some sort. Oh, and then he runs, listen to this. This is Bible detective shit, okay? He runs into a friend, Jonadab. Does that name ring a bell, Peyton? Yes, oh my God, okay. The very subtle man from previous chapters. Literally at this point, I, in my notes, I wrote, wait, are we in chapter 10? Yeah. Oh, wait, no, this is chapter 11. Never mind. Well, but Jonadab, remember? He's the very soup man. Yes, I remember the soup man. Um, but I w- got a little confused when he was introduced again, because to me, everyone just is dead after like, yeah, they stopped talking about them. So I'm like, wait, is he still alive? I think he's still alive. And he's listened to this. He helps him make a plan. And it's sorry, but a very subtle plan because it also they use the word subtil in the next several verses oh, and listen listen the subtil plan is this is when he says hey uh, hey guys everyone yeah we're still going to be make, making sacrifices to ball come on down and he builds an altar and all the people that want to pray to this god go into this place and once they gather there jihu decides like when they all come out we're going to kill them all and they kill all the people there and they like trick them so they're trying to get rid of like quote unquote heathens and they trick them by like doing a false sacrifice of all. So they all go there and then they killed them all at the place. And Jonadab helped make this plan. I think Jonadab is like a freaky guy who just makes up sick plans. Um, yeah, he sounds kind of like evil genius. He's definitely an evil genius, but like very evil. And when I imagine Jonadab, I completely visualize John Waters. Yeah. Like John Waters it plays Jonadab in yeah. the Bible movie. Um, I was thinking a little not not in terms of like costume but a little jafar kind of mm-hmm. and that is yeah. similar to he's soup teal well. waters in a way like yeah little skinny mustache very tall and skinny so anyway they kill all those people and then there's chapter 11 okay this um, is where i literally wrote courtney help me because i was like reading this <laughs> shit and i was like i i couldn't understand what's going on chapter i don't even 11. know if it's important so if you think it's important you can chapter 11 to me was not important he kills all of the like royal people or whatever somebody steals somebody named joash and hides him and then joash becomes a king oh i know what happened it's not that important but somebody named Athaliah kills all of the royal family and somebody takes a baby and hides this baby joash and keeps him hidden for seven years and then when he's seven they make him the king and it's like actually there is somebody left from the king and then joash is the king and he joash's like big thing is that um he's like all the money that people give when they come to like uh make offerings and stuff like remember they started collecting money back Mm -hmm. in the day this should all be used to repair the lord's house and like all these years go by and they give, they give the money and they're like, use this to fix it. And he like gives it to the carpenters and stuff. And they just like, don't do anything. And then he's like, all right, enough is enough. And so they basically invent like a piggy bank kind of thing, like a box, a tithing box, I think uh-huh. is probably in a place where you put your money in the house of worship. So I think like probably that is part of Bible history that like Joe Ash invented that box. This is the beginning of, so the, the first part of this book is like a lot of Elisha stuff whatever and then now we're getting to the point where it's like starting to just list off kings of like judah and israel and babylon and like basically be like they did evil they did not do evil 
So I feel like there's some stuff we can, for the sake of time, like sort of skip over. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff we can skip over for a so little like, while. There's like kings and kings and kings, 13, like. Wait, in 13, though, there is one thing, which is. Yes, Eli- there's something I love, Elisha but there's like kings. Dies. And then, well, I, it's so sad because I literally wrote, Elisha's back, like, because I was excited because we were just doing boring yeah. king shit, but then he dies. <laughs> and then, but then he dies. And I, but I, this is how I want to die. I want to die the way Elisha dies because he was fallen sick of his sickness whereof he died it's like so mysterious but re- it's like, like dying of old age where you're like oh, i fell sick of my sickness whereof i died um, it just feels very um elegant there's also something cool vague in verse 20 where the israelites are going to bury this guy who died and then oh, there's yeah. like raiders coming who are from like some other enemy territory or whatever yeah. And they like freak out. And so they throw him into Elisha's tomb and yeah. his his body touches Elisha's bones. And then he comes back to life because of that. Yeah. It's like the That's transfer cool. thing again. That's yeah. super cool. Um, and then we go on to chapter 14. There's like king stuff. No one cares. Yeah, there's a book I mean, of law that it's like found. whack-a-mole like yes. it's truly like yeah. whack-a-mole it's like this king this king this king this king this king it's like no one i can't keep track of this they've also and started to do that thing where they ask the question again they'll yeah, like tell a bit question. about a person and then they're like but isn't the rest of his story told in like the annals of whatever and the it's chronicles like, i think it's all going to be in chronicles which we're going to read in the next two times you're right like because they're saying in the chronicles of the kings of israel i think they're referring to the books chronicles so we're not talking about this. Like, it's boring. I, I said, what is the purpose? Oh, I did make a note. Like, my note is so dramatic. It's like, what is the purpose of this seriously? And underlined it. Because it's like, what do you think the purpose of this is? Of this count, this endless nitpicking about kings. Like, when they're, when you're, if you're the writer of this, what are you thinking this is for? At this point, I was like, okay, this is a record again. This is like a right, historical yeah, yeah. record. But even then, though. But okay, even then, what's funny is it's a historical record, but then they do that thing where they ask the question, which makes at this point, I'm like, I think the people writing this are bored and don't yeah. want to finish writing it. So they're like, just go to the other book. Yeah, they're uh, like, my friend is working on the Chronicles. He's going to cover this. But what would also make so much more sense for this part is if they, someone just like made a timeline, like drew a timeline and put the kings on this timeline and like in parentheses yeah. next to their name wrote like, if they did evil in the eyes of the Lord or if they didn't. Save oh, us the yes. fucking time. You know what I mean? An infographic. So yeah, so even like chapter 15, 16. Done with uh, that. Like I'm not, there's nothing there for me. 17, there's in chapter 17, I wrote, I think this is a repeat. I think they retell the story of the calves, the golden yeah. calves in Israel being scattered. I think they did. I wrote, is the program starting to glitch? Then I wrote, when it gets like this, the longer it stays like this, the harder it is to pull me back out. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like if it, ha- if this goes on for like a couple of verses, then a minor thing can kind of pull me out. Like if somebody's like, there was a baby that could swim or whatever, like, then I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but like, if it's going on for like 20 pages, like I need like an arc, like I need something huge to pull me back out or else everything just kind of falls to the wayside in the sort of, you know, no, like that's, I feel like time exactly bomb. the same way. And it's interesting because then in chapter 18, Hezekiah becomes King in Judah. Yeah. And he, he has like more of a story, but it, it took me like half of the chapter of 18 to like actually start to care again, or like yeah. think that he was important at all because the several chapters before had just been like boring recounts of these Kings. I'm not sure what Hezekiah did. Like, I'm just kind of like, he did everything right. Like in my notes, I'm like, he did everything right. He removes the high places. Yeah. I wrote, I don't know what's happening, but something big is happening. Like that was the vibe of that book to me. Well, I, I think, think he's trying to convert people and they're like saying no. And then um, in chapter 19, I wrote Hezekiah is sad. <laughs> he sends for Isaiah, the prophet. And I and wrote, God is mad at Hezekiah. And then I just kept writing. I'm not sure at all about any of these things. Like I really couldn't keep track of it. Can you? I don't know. I thought that Hezekiah was important, but now I'm like, I don't really. I think it's really too confused. I think the writing is too confusing on the Hezekiah part. Like I really like, I don't know who you're working for. I don't know what you're doing. And then like God kills thousands of Assyrians and they're all dead corpses. And then it goes into chapter 20. And then the Lord tells Hezekiah, now Hezekiah is sick. And he tells Hezekiah, you need to get your house in order because you're going to die. Doesn't he then add like 15 years onto his life or something? Yeah. Oh, and then this part was, I liked, he puts, so he's like, you're going to live longer. 
when they put a lump of figs on his boil. Oh, I've been obsessed with that. him. Yeah, sorry I interrupted you. I've been obsessed with Isaiah saying, take a lump of figs and lay it on your boil. (laughs) It's like disgusting. And then um, (laughs) like, it's so gross. I know, I really like figs, but that made me like really- Also, it made me realize- Yeah, it made me also realize Hezekiah is sick from a boil. Like he didn't know what his sickness was. And he's like, lay it on the boil. I feel like a boil is not that big of a deal. I thought a boil was like basically like a pimple. I think it kind of is, or like a blister. I guess I've like a combination. A combination. Oh, you know what? Blister. I so I think that Hezekiah is kind of a a little important, maybe because Isaiah is like the prophet to Hezekiah, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like he's yeah. his little like guy, and he prophesies that the treasures and the people of Jerusalem will one day be taken to Babylon. And I think this is important because I think this is the beginning of like a big shift in like where the Israelites are going to be maybe. And then towards the, I mean, we'll keep going, but towards the end of the book, it's like starting to happen. So that's why I think this is maybe like getting more attention. Anyway, in chapter 21, people are doing evil. God says there's going to be disaster on Jerusalem and Judah because of all of this. In verse 13 in chapter 21, God says something that I thought was cool. I wrote this too. He he says, I will wipe Jerusalem as a man wipeth a dish, wiping it and turning it upside down. I love that. It's very like modern. I know. I didn't imagine them washing their dishes for some reason. I also like, like obviously I'm picturing like a cute little yeah. white plate that they're washing, which they aren't. Yeah. In a but sink. I also love that it's it's not just wiping it, it's turning it upside down. Because yeah. once it's upside down, it is like non-functional essentially. Like you can't use yeah. it. Well, I also love how it, it, that I think that's one of the reasons it was so modern. And so like it jumped out at me because it was like, oh, that is what you do when you wash a dish. You wash the top of it and then you flip it upside down and you wash the bottom of it, you know? Oh, see, I was imagining you wipe it and then you just set it down upside down. Oh, no, I was imagining, I mean, either way, but I was imagining like that the only time I ever turn a dish upside down is when I'm washing it. And it just felt like such a, like, oh, that is a really great description that I never had thought about. It's very like poetry, you know, calling attention to something that is so familiar to you that you never thought about it before. Hmm. But like we turn dishes upside down to like wipe them. That's interesting. It's like, I, a, I it's it. like a very ignored part of a dish. Yeah. Underside. Well, oh yeah. I mean, the only time, as I said, you're <laughs> using it is if you're cleaning it. <laughs> I'm making you say that like 17 times. <laughs> um, Anyways. Josiah appears at some point in chapter 22 and then they discover. king. He's eight. And they discover um, the book of laws and covenants from a long time ago that Moses, I think, I think that's the book you're talking about is the laws and covenants that oh, they wrote. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. Josiah, it's like they read through it. And I guess this is interesting. It's because like, I guess maybe it was just being spread by word of mouth all this time. And so like, because it seems as they, though they did not have access to this book until they found it and Josiah reads it. And it's like this moment of like, um, we've made a huge mistake, you guys. Like we are doing everything wrong. Yeah. And so then they like destroy everything. They bring back Passover. Everything gets fixed because it's like funny that they like got it so wrong and then find the book and they're like oh shit like we forgot about this book like this has all of the answers and now we have to like destroy everything and rebuild because we like have been doing this for so so wrong for so long and it's like was the book really that like hidden or I know and it also kind of makes me annoyed it's like kind of annoying because it's like god you could have fucking reminded them of the book like god this whole time is like you're doing the wrong thing and it's like well you know what you could do you could send like make them remember your book okay but the other thing i was thinking about with this book of law or is that what they're calling it yeah whatever is like we're reading the bible Mm -hmm. like you and me are reading the bible yeah so there's another book of law is that no we read it no no the book of laws is the like, beginning of the bible i think it's like deuteronomy like okay. it's like the laws that they were writing down and like leviticus like those were the laws for the priests remember like okay that's what i thought but i was confused because i was like wait if we're reading the bible someone at that time was writing i guess it's just confusing like the timeline of when these things were written oh my God. When is they it were maybe the... yeah totally that's really weird yeah or 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 is 
like Deuteronomy and stuff, is that not the actual book? Was there another book in Deuteronomy is kind of a telling of that book? That's exactly what I was. That's like my question. I'm like, wait a second. Do we know? I'm sure some scholar somebody or knows. knows we could or they think but I know. Anyways, that was what I was questioning. Okay, yeah. so chapter 24. It. Well, I oh. really do like Nebuchadnezzar. Um, well, I don't know anything about him. Okay, I think he, you... We just like knew about him. I think we like as a kid loved his name. I like his name. I've heard his name before um, and I remember hearing it on Veggie Tales. It's re- like the story is boring, like pretty pointless to recount. Maybe he um, comes back later, but, but it, basically the Babylonians he... destroy the Israelites, right? Yes. So it, yeah, this, like this is where Babylon is, or the yeah, the people of Babylon are like basically taking captive uh, everyone in Jerusalem, and I think Jerusalem is like almost becoming empty and like decrepit and destroyed. And right. I think that's why, like I said before, Hezekiah gets more attention is because he's the beginning of like the prediction and this happening where like Jerusalem is like now not a functional like powerful city. Okay, so that's basically the book. Okay, for anyone who's listening, who listened to last week, I did Google a little bit the Queen of Sheba. Oh, let's hear some more about the Queen of Sheba. I just wanted to mention that there is a general understanding that her and Solomon had a kid. (gasps) Oh my God, we were right. We were right. I am obsessed with a general understanding. (laughs) Like there is a general understanding. I mean, that oh, it's, that's she's, such a sexy way to um, talk about like an affair. There's a general understanding of what happened between us. There's a lot of different. She's been written about by a lot of different people from a lot of different religions and historical perspectives. She's cool as fuck. She's really? well, like a rich, hot lady from Ethiopia that's who like really had cool. with Solomon, and I think supposedly took the kid back to Ethiopia. Anyways, that's fucking second kings um i liked that a lot actually i think second we, kings? i just want to toot our horn i think we did a really good job with second kings i think we did too i think i do too and i think it's nice like okay i the only part i didn't read which i know is really bad was mm-hmm. that the end of that one chapter everything else i read but it's nice because i feel like i can read things now and be like okay this is not important and I yeah. swear I'm just going to let it go. Yeah, I'm relaxing a little more in that way. And it's all, like, it really makes sense why it's called, these books are called First and Second Kings because it's mostly just about kings. Yeah. Um, I also feel like just on what you were just saying, I feel like I'm also, and I bet you are too, getting better at knowing when something isn't going to matter. I can start reading something and I'm going to be like, this is going to be important or something else. I don't know what the cue is to me, but I'm like, I don't have to like start writing notes about this. And I'm often right. Yes, me too. There's, there's like, like within two verses of a new story, I'm like, okay, doesn't matter. Not going to write about it or not going to take notes on it or like vice versa, which is nice because it it's making the process, I guess, easier. Well, I think we're just becoming really good at reading the Bible. I know. I mean, as good as we, <laughs> not as good as we're going to get, but I guess we're becoming as good at reading the Bible as I think we should be at it. Yeah. Like we're not just flailing around anymore. And like the past four books have also been mostly just like yeah. stories and history there's we're not we haven't been obviously getting a lot of more what's the word like we're not getting a lot of lessons or yeah. there's not a lot of um complexity to like most of the stuff we've been reading or there's a lot of complexity in terms of like characters numbers like timeline yeah but there's not we're not having to like think super hard about like crazy new ideas that are being brought up and um, it's also not it's not exodus it's not like it's not genesis where like you have these like big families with brothers and like all these things it's kind of just like these people kind of show up yeah. you know i don't know um feels different i think we should throw i think i know where i would put it Our okay i kind of my instinct is to put it after second samuel second samuel's last or sorry sorry oh my god after first samuel I agree with that. I I definitely like, I knew. where that would be for listeners. It's right now we've got like the heavy hitters that are pretty feel pretty untouchable to me. Genesis, Judges, Exodus, and then there's First Samuel, Deuteronomy, First Kings, and then we get into kind of the shit. Numbers, Leviticus, Joshua, Ruth, Second Samuel. Wait, you said right after First Samuel. I think we should put it. Well, what do you think? Is, Is that it, what you said? Uh, yeah. No, I agree. Okay. No, I agree. For a second, I was like, not before for Samuel, but um, 
I was for sure reading this. I was like, it's better than First Kings. So it has to be above First Kings, which is below Deuteronomy. And, and I think then, it's better than Deuteronomy. I think it's better than Deuteronomy too. So I like that. Me too. Um, I hope this was fun. Yeah, I had fun. I hope. I fun too. I think that, I think Second Kings is exciting. I do too. And I've enjoyed the, um, the sort of duo book things that are happening. Like First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings. It feels like after finishing the second of the two, you're like wrapping something up in a different way than these standalone books. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I like it. Finishing the series and it's done. Sorry, I'm trying to look up Amazing Love. How can it be? Amazing Love. There's a a Hillsong worship song, but... Wait, I wonder if I know it. Can you play it? It's not having the same lyrics that I remember it having. Chris Tomlin, Amazing Love. I'm like so hungry. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted. You were condemned. I'm alive and well. Your spirit is within me because you died and rose again. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. The, the chorus is amazing love. How can it be that you, my king, would die for me? Amazing love. I know it's true. It's my joy to honor you in all I do. I honor you. Wait, I know it. You know it. I know it. I actually started, <laughs> like a- I started a playlist on Spotify of Christian worship songs because... Um, there's so many good ones that have been like coming back to me. Oh, did we ever say goodbye? Oh no, goodbye everyone. Goodbye. Love. love you and love, <laughs> love you. <Brittany. laughs> Bye. Bye.